Welcome to the Athletics of Business Podcast. This is episode 31. Welcome to the Athletics of Business, a podcast about how the traits and behaviors of elite athletes and remarkable business leaders frequently intersect. The real stories and hard lessons to help you level up your leadership and performance. Now your host, Ed Molitor. Welcome to the Athletics of Business Podcast, and I am Ed Molitor, your host and CEO of the Molitor Group. And today, our special guest is Mike Simonson. Mike is the founder, CEO of the real estate analytics firm, Altos Research. A true data geek, he founded Altos Research in 2006 to commercialize software he originally built to understand his own oversized Silicon Valley mortgage when the NASDAQ bubble burst in 2002. He has since grown the company to be the nation's premier vendor of real-time housing and rental market analytics. Altos bring data and insight to the largest Wall Street investment firms, banks, and tens of thousands of real estate professionals around the country. Mike is also the 2019 president of EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization in San Francisco. Mike, welcome. I am I am beyond fired up to have you here. And just let's let's put it all out there. I was fortunate enough to be a 1988, that's right, I said it, I dated myself, uh, and you for that matter, 1988 graduate of Palatine High School with Mike Simonson. Mike, thanks for joining us, man. Nice to be here, Ed. It is, uh, we've talked about this for a while now, and for it to come to fruition is pretty cool. And, you know, we're going to get into uh, your white paper, Hacking Happiness. But before we do that, can you just bring us back and behind the curtain of your journey uh, and share with us how you got to where you are now? Sure. I um, am, yeah, grew up in Chicago and um, went to school out west, but uh, fell in love with building software and building software companies and, and did some Silicon Valley stuff in the 90s um, and uh, bought a little old overpriced Silicon Valley house in 2001 with a giant mortgage. I, um, I've always done data software and, and knew that I was going to build a data company. Um, it took me about a decade to figure that out. And, but I started building models to understand home prices in my neighborhood and my part of town. And the, the NASDAQ bubble in 2002 was crashing and there was, it went from unbelievably huge bubble to Armageddon. It was really crazy. Uh, People who had previously made a lot of money were totally out of work. It was it was nuts in Silicon Valley at that time, and so I started. I needed to understand what was going on with my own home, and and it, and um, I started building the system to to do that. Um, I did it for a few years just for my own my myself my my uh, own needs, and then after a while, I was like, you know, we really have I really have some real insight here about the world, and so in two thousand five, we decided to you know let's go make this into a company, commercialize it. Launched a company in 2006, January 1 of 2006, and I've uh, been doing it ever since. How difficult of a process process was that to take it from just being your own thing to realizing how all of a sudden you had this responsibility to build this organization, this responsibility to build this organization that was going to serve, I mean, so many folks. Talk about how many folks you you really serve. So, yeah, we we uh, the decision was, it kind of flowed. It was, uh, I have a... I have a need. I'm going to build some some models to understand my need to solve my need, and then, wow, it's really good. And I would share it with people and say, "Oh, let me." You know, we would ha- I would help each other. I um, when I started thinking about commercializing, and I remember talking to, for example, a real estate agent that somebody said, "Oh, go talk to my friend Bart." 
I sat down with Bart and I said, here's what I've got. Here's what I can show. Here's how I can show the home price trends and how I can put it together in a report that people can use. And I remember Bart said to me, well, that's great. How much? And I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, uh, I go, uh, 50 bucks a month. He goes, great. I'm paying 60 for what I got now. And I was, you know, so like, did I say 50? I didn't mean 50. That's that's right. The next guy said, how much? And I said, uh, 79 bucks a month. And, um, and so it was, um, like I had pretty, pretty good feedback right away that there was a value there. And, and so, you know, we, we, uh, launched a company. It was, um, uh, you know, so we now reach real estate agent, cover the whole country and try, you know, real estate agents and professionals and brokers and mortgage people and the whole ecosystem because everybody needs to know what's going on and needs to communicate that with their clients. So we help them do that. We give them that, their data. They can put it in their mix and their, with their name on it, get it to their clients. And my, my take, Mike, is it, it's almost like real-time data. I mean, it's almost, it, it gets to your clients before all the other stuff, before all That's the other. Exactly right. Okay. How do, how do you do that? How does that work? Well, so every we track every house in the country that's for sale. So we have a giant database of every house in the country, and it's 110 million houses or condos and things. And then when when your house goes for sale, we know exactly how much it's priced for, and we know how long it's been on the market. We track it week over week, so it's so we go, oh, you know, Ed's house has been on the market for 42 days, and now it takes a price cut. Um, and so what we do is, and, and there are 39 other houses on the market. And so all of that is signal about the housing market that we can then communicate to you. So, you know, you as a home seller, it's really interesting to know that if 40% of the houses on the market have taken price cuts, uh, and now that's normal. And now it's 55% of taking price cuts. That means demand is weakening. Like for you selling, like that's signal. And so we go find all that signal and we build it up and we publish that all for the whole country, every zip code, every week. Right. Right. So, so you, you deal directly with all the emotional roller coasters that go on, um, in the, the market. So as you can see, I'm trying to segue into why we are really here, what we've talked about. So, so Mike reached out to me a while back, uh, when he saw some of the, the content that we put out and he said, I really when I'm done with this white paper I'm writing, and this is a while back, he said, I want you to read it. It's Hacking Happiness, A Personal Journey Through the Biochemicals of Happiness. And he had me, he had me right away on that. So I, I want to jump into that. I want to jump into how this came to be. I want you to, and I want to move beyond just what it is. I want to get into how you did it and how you're doing it with your team here in 2019. Yeah. So uh, we had, uh, as I, you know, you lead a company and you lead it for a long time. You go through cycles, you have up cycles and down cycles. You can be, um, you can get into sort of boredom or, you know, like it, uh, not excited about it. And if you're leading a company and you're not excited or depressed or, you know, bad things happen. And I was in 2017 in the, in this kind of state where I needed to, I was like not feeling great about the company and I needed to make a change. So I started looking at, and I'd done a bunch of things, but I'd started looking at um, uh, how, what kind of change can I make? I've done things like you got to do some planning, for example, you got to do business planning is create your plan for the year. Um, I've created those over and over through the years and they feel uninspiring in general. And so like there were all kinds of things like this that I that I'm looking for solutions for. Um, and I'm realizing that I am 
uh, needing more joy in my work. And I started on a on a sort of a journey to understand how joy is happening and then actually translate that into my work because that's what we felt was missing. I was bored. I'm not excited. So I did that in started really in the fall of 2017. And by last year, 2018, I'd had, I had a remarkable year. I had a personal turnaround. Uh, I, it was all an internal focus. It was working on my stress levels and the stress chemical cortisol and the happiness chemical serotonin love chemical oxytocin dopamine the reward working on those working on their levels understanding how they interact and then and really trying to optimize myself and then it was magic for what happened to the business for example like the business uh we had an amazing year growth super profitability like um just just like remarkable all the way through um the paper came out because I was telling people about it. In specific, I, I have a in this entrepreneurs organization. I have a group of uh, ten people. It's a forum. It's called the New Deep Dive Confidential. I'm telling people what I'm doing, and they're like, "You gotta, you gotta teach us." <laughs> and, yeah. and I, so I started writing out all the pretty things. much I'm the like, same response this. I had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I started writing it down, and all of a sudden, it's you know, thirty pages of of stuff that I'm doing. Um, and and so that's where the paper came from. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's get into the paper. So you talk about serotonin, you talk about dopamine, you talk about oxytocin, and you talk about cortisol. Okay. The bad guy. But let's talk about how, um, which one of those did you, which one of those did you focus on? I mean, I know the, the three positives is what you really want to drive towards, but was it more serotonin? Was it more dopamine? How did you go about doing that? Yeah. My, um, so my observation is that we get in in business, especially achievers, we get in a dopamine cortisol cycle. Dopamine is the reward chemical. You get the new sale, you get the hit, you high five, you feel it's dopamine. You put a plan together, you put a goal and it's measurable. You hit the goal, it's dopamine. You feel great, right? And so you keep doing it. That's why you use dopamine. That's why you set goals like that. When you miss, you feel cortisol. And that's the like, ugh, you know? And, and my observation was that I'm in this dopamine cortisol cycle. I don't feel joy. I feel like I don't feel about opportunity. I'm not feeling op optimistic. The phone rings and you, I, my, my state is dread. It's like, oh man, you know, something's going to go wrong as opposed to the phone rings and it's opportunity. And so my, per, my state was that's that uh, joy, that optimism, that confidence is serotonin. So my first step was how do I focus instead of dopamine in my daily work? How do I focus on serotonin? How can I increase my serotonin? Um, and then the next thing I did very rapidly was worked on how do I decrease the cortisol? When you decrease the cortisol, all kinds of good stuff happens. And then we'll get into it in a few minutes. I don't want to get, I'm so excited. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we will talk about how to decrease that cortisol, won't we? Okay. All right. So that's second, decrease the cortisol. So then, uh, and then you start paying attention to the, you know, you start paying attention to, to serotonin, for example, and you realize that, that you can do things to improve it. And then you also recognize, for me, it was like, also recognize oxytocin, which is the love chemical, how intertwined with our full state of happiness oxytocin is. So really, you've got dopamine, which is the high five, the reward. You've got serotonin, which is our confidence, our joy, 
And you've got oxytocin, which is our love, our bonding, our teamwork, our community. Can I ask a real goofy question real quick? Yes. I, I shouldn't preface it that way, but but I, it's something just dawned on me. And that's what happens when, I, when I've read this paper a number of times. I was always, in it, and I still struggle with this today, where like you can high five me all you want. You can say, hey, man, I'm proud of you. Or you can say, hey, man, that's a great job. It just might not impact me. And it's, is that because I might just have a naturally low level of serotonin that I need to work on? It it may be, right? So you get the high five and you're, you know, as an athlete, you focused a lot on, you know, the, you get the basket, you feel the dopamine, right? You get the high five, you get the the coach high fives you, good job, that's the dopamine. Um, When you look around the team and you go, we're awesome, that's serotonin, right? We're going to win this game. And so when you're feeling, you get, you get the, you get a high five and you don't feel the, the joy. That's exactly what may be happening, right? Your, if your serotonin is low, it's like what you don't need is another attaboy. You need a, we're doing great things. We're doing great things for the world. It's a shift, right? It's a shift in, in that perspective. Right, right. Which that, that must go on. And I might be getting ahead, but that just goes back to when you talk about, articulating articulating an elegant purpose yes in, in business uh in our in our community lives when we have a purpose that we are uh working towards we feel more than ourselves we have a we have a a, uh, a mission that we're going those those feelings the reason we do those things they the reason they feel good is serotonin and so you'll know that you know you're your work, for example, with Molitor Group is you're, you're looking to elevate performance in people. And as you do that, that, that is a gift really to the world. That is a, you're, you're making the world better and you feel good about making the world better. That's a, the purpose driving you. And that is a serotonin feeling. It's a, it's a big picture confidence, joy, state of mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I, I love this. So let's go back to, um, first you're looking at serotonin, second to cortisol, third oxytocin. Okay. What's next? And then what I started realizing, um, so, so cortisol is, so cortisol is the stress chemical. It is when the cortisol's high and my serotonin's low, that's when the phone rings and I feel dread. So I drop down the cortisol, I increase the serotonin, the phone rings, and I feel optimism. Um, oxytocin is, is when we are in a joyful state of love and being loved and respected and, and we have our community bonding. Um, so um, one of the things that was really fascinating to me is you know, you have, you're in a business environment and if you're uninspired and you're uninspired, like the people around you are both the cause and the effect of that lack of inspiration. So one of the techniques that I, one of the things I did was I started expressing gratitude outbound to the people around me. That gratitude generates oxytocin. And now I feel much more confident in my daily 
activity, my daily going into work because I am happy. I'm so grateful that these people are around. So expressing that that gratitude uh, to work on my oxytocin levels. Um, I noticed it's so one of the things that I that I've classified it into is a dopamine cortisol cycle. Uh, where dopamine drives performance, but if you miss your goal, you feel cortisol, or you get the negative, you, you lose the sale, you get the negative uh, event, you generate as cortisol. And if we are in a state of having a, an awesome team around us that we love and support, you get that bad news, you're way different than if you're in a state of just focused on like, oh, I just, I trying to get that next score and, and uh, now I get the bad news and I miss or I get the penalty or whatever the bad news is, uh, the cortisol hits. Now I'm, I have no framework around me and I fall. So, so that was my observation was like, how do I shift out of the dopamine cortisol cycle into a serotonin oxytocin cycle to break out and truly get into a, a new achieving mode? So let me let me put this out there. We talk a lot about working on the mindset that are going to you know develop and create the right behaviors to drive the process, right? To get the results that we 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 want. How does this? And I'm going to go from the process to the feedback loop here in a second. But how does this play into the process? You know how you know really is sharpening, strengthening the behaviors that are going to drive the process that's necessary to get the results. And I, and I know that. Um, you're not as much into set, setting uh, dopamine-driven goals, okay? So, yeah. So, but so, how do we drive the process with this? So, so, yeah. So, you know, very often the planning, especially in results-focused planning, business results-focused planning, uh, is it's written in a dopamine framework. Uh, it is because, you know, it's measurable. It has a time frame. You know, you know what to achieve. That's all. You hit it. You get the reward. And that reward is super powerful, right? You get the reward. You want to work harder. You get the sale. You want to work for the next one. It feels great. Like that. Feel, and so that shouldn't be uh, ignored, right? You should absolutely embrace that. My observation is that the truly great achievement plans are with teams that have the serotonin already there and the oxytocin already there so that the, the cortisol when it hits doesn't knock you down and back to square one. It, when the cortisol, when the bad news is there and you're in a dopamine cortisol framework, and the bad news hits, now I'm now like I missed the goal. Now uh, I look at the goal and I'm like, oh, I missed that. Or we're not on the trajectory. We're not going to make that goal. Now even looking at the plan generates cortisol. It generates a negative feeling for me. So even looking at the plan. So now the team doesn't want to look at the plan. We don't want to visit it. We, you know, we get avoidant or we get angry. Like we have all of this negative cycle that happens. Um, if we've only got the dopamine part in in place so rather we spend the great teams will and the great frameworks will have uh, a serotonin baseline an oxytocin baseline so you'll see it come up in terminology like alignment you'll see it in terminology uh, like teamwork respect You'll see it in in um, the in things like um, confidence. Where so we already have these things in place, so that the dopamine can be the rocket fuel on my daily momentum. 
Um, if you look at even like, like you can look at any great uh, framework for human achievement, whether it's, whether it's, um, you know, Buddhism or, or you can look at, you know, guys like um, Eckhart Tolle, or you can look at John Wooden's pyramid. Have you looked at the, at the John Wooden pyramid lately? He's, he's got all these boxes of, uh, things like teamwork and skills and and he builds this this uh his this pyramid uh yeah for great for greatness if you'll notice he has uh there half of those those boxes are about serotonin and oxytocin they are about giving to the community they are about outbound there's nothing about basketball Right. It is. So so his framework is so powerful because it happens to help his team develop their serotonin and their confidence. They're they're giving out to the to others. It's not about selfish. It's not about the ego. It is about the community. And when you take it out of the ego and you give it out to the, the team, that takes the that's a generate oxytocin and drop the cortisol. That's the framework. That's why that framework works. You know, it's funny how this all manifests itself. So when, when I was a when I was a freshman at Creighton, really three days after we graduated from high school, you know, you think that the summer after your senior year in high school, you're going to spend at North Avenue Beach with the boys and all that stuff. I had to be in Omaha. I had to be in Omaha for the summer. And you were either you either got a job or you're taking summer school. I was not going to take summer school. All right. And then you, you lifted weights, worked out, you played, and then you did whatever you do in Omaha. Okay. When you're 18, 19, 20 years old. Well, it was, it was, I mean, it was, and every, every guy in the team had to be there and none of us understood it, but we were there. Right. So you do what you can do. And we really became a family. We really became close and we were brothers all of a sudden because you just go through that together. Well, then a week before the season started on a Wednesday, and I'll never forget this because it was our day off. Every Wednesday, we didn't lift weights at 5.30, 5.45 in the morning. We did Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So Tuesday, we may have had a tendency to go out because we knew we could sleep till like 6.30 Wednesday morning. So our phones all started ringing. Some guys were getting knocks on their apartment doors. Coach wants to see you in the lounge in the locker room at 6 a.m. We're like, all right. So now we're all walking down the hill to the old gym and we're looking at each other like, who did what? You know, who went out last night? And a lot of us didn't for whatever reason. And, and we couldn't figure it out. We sat down and, and Coach B, um, you know, his family to me to this day, very close to him. But he, he had this thing when he had a black sweatsuit on and his hair slicked back, you might as well start running the other way because you knew you were screwed. All right. So Coach walks into the locker room, black sweatsuit, hair slicked back. And he, he cuts right to the chase. He says, fellas, I don't know how to tell you this. He goes, but I've got some bad news. He said, we've been put on NCAA probation for something that had nothing to do with us. So we do not qualify for the postseason Missouri Valley tournament. Or um, we cannot, if we do win the postseason tournament, you know, we obviously we can't go to the NCAA tournament. So we're like, God, we had a bad week. We were picked to finish second to last. And now we're on probation. But we knew we represented something much bigger than, you know, just the standings and the outcome record-wise. Long story short, we were taken off probation in January at the special um, uh, collection of the NCAA. It's not the right terminology, but they met. They took us off of probation. You know, it was the old joke that uh, Kentucky cheated, so they put uh, Creighton on probation. So, (laughs) yeah, whoever it was back then. It might have been Vegas. I don't know. But anyways, um, and we ended up winning the league and winning the postseason tournament. 
and we went to the NCAA tournament. But we all, to this day, I was just with a, a former teammate of mine uh, out in Oklahoma. We talk about it. It, it. You still get goosebumps because we had no concept of what we were doing. But it all went back to this. You know, it all went back to the fact that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves and that. Now, fast forward to 1998, uh, when we got fired at Texas A&M, I went back to Chicago into the mortgage business. And Mike, I had no clue what my why was, what my purpose was. Everything was so, it was a reef, start of the refi boom. Everything was so metrics driven, you know, do this, do this, and you'll close a million. Do this, do this, and this, you'll close a million and a half a month. This, it was all about the plaques. It was all about this. And, and okay, fine. I got the metrics. I was miserable. I was unhappy. And I'll tell you what, it, it was, you felt like you were on an island. And when life got chaotic, you had nowhere to turn to. You had no foundation. And when I started this business, I realized there was going to be a lot of that lonely feeling as an entrepreneur, which you know much better than I do. So I took John Wood's pyramid of success. Ironic that you say that. Um, I made my own. And there's days where you have to go back to that and refer back to that. And you get this because that's that foundation that's laying underneath everything that you're trying to build. There's, there's so much to this that you're saying. So let's, let's keep going a little bit. And how have you... What's your, how did you do it? Like, how did you start implementing this? Besides just the gratitude, what else did you do? So I, so a bunch of things. Um, the, the most powerful thing for the cortisol that I do is I started a meditation practice. Um, I do TM, Transcendental Meditation. It's a type, you know, it's an organization. You take a class, you do the, you do uh, 20 minutes twice a day. But what the evidence shows, the science shows, and they, and they can really, in the last few years, the, the high-definition functional MRIs, uh, brain scans are really getting amazing. And they, they show uh, the actual physiological changes you're making to your body when you build a meditation practice. So uh, the thing that happens, one of the things that happens is you immediately drop your cortisol levels. And so when you drop your cortisol levels, all the good chemicals can flow. You know, your serotonin, your, your growth hormone, your testosterone, like all of the, these things flow when the cortisol flow, you know, drops. We have this artificially high level of cortisol in our world because we have these we have this darwinian body of you know where we need to be able to respond to stress quickly uh and in our modern world we have stress around us all the time especially socioeconomic stress money stress we're traffic we have we're thinking about making the mortgage payment so we have this elevated level of stress all the time and we so we have to work at decreasing specifically decreasing the cortisol. Like cortisol happens, it's a long-term stress response. And it, you know, it does all kinds of things. You have to have it to respond to the stress uh, because it, what it does is it like shuts down the blood flow to certain muscles so that you can have other muscles respond to the lion attacking you, mm -hmm. right? right. Uh, but if, you're, if your cortisol is high all the time, now your blood flow is shut down and that's why cortisol leads to heart disease. That's why cortisol leads to belly fat storage, right? It leads to like cortisol is catabolic, so it decreases, it rips down your muscles. Like all of these bad things, like just, you know, it- There's it a lot of health issues smaller. right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It absolutely. It makes your brain smaller, right? It makes, it builds the plaque, the, the amyloid plaque that leads to, um, to, to dementia, like in your brain. 
is a function of cortisol, like all of these bad things. So, um, so, so meditation drops it down immediately. And then after like 12 weeks of a meditation program, like, like going 12 weeks into a new workout, mm-hmm. you like, you start to, your body starts to change. Absolutely. Same thing happens with meditation. So 12 weeks in, you can measure like your whole basal cortisol level is lower. Um, and then you grow it over time. So meditation was a big change. So let me, let me ask you this. In meditation, I, I, do, I only do 10 minutes a day. I do headspace. It's 10 minutes a day. I know I need to ramp it up, look at TM uh, meditation. But, but my question is this. Let's say you're right in the moment. Let's say something happens, okay? And you just get whacked with a whole shot of cortisol. You don't have time to meditate, all right? It's like split second, um, whether you're sitting at a negotiation table or you're trying to close a deal uh, whether you're sitting in front of your boss, you think you're going to get the promotion and you don't, or, or you don't, what, what do you do? Well, how do you, how do you go ahead and work on it then? That's when you need cortisol. So that shot is when you need cortisol, right? It's, it's like, you know, you need it because in that moment, it helps the memory sharpen, be faster. It, it helps you think about where you're going to, to run away from, you know, it, it is the focus for cortisol. Yeah. So it's like insulin, you know, you eat the, you eat sugar, you need the insulin to process the sugar. The rest of the time, you want the insulin to be low. Right, right. So, so then with cortisol, instead of focusing on how lowering the cortisol in the heat of the moment, for lack of a better term, um, you need to focus on the behavior in your response, not your reaction. That's right. You want to, the long term. You want it to be down. So, so or like your heart rate. Right. When you're exercising, you want the heart rate to climb. When you're done, the best heart rate right falls rapidly and goes to a low level. So breathe. That's what you want with your cortisol. Okay. Okay. Now you, you mentioned along those lines, you mentioned something in a, a podcast I listened to earlier, uh, scaling up business. You talked about, and forgive me if I wrote this down wrong, default brain network. It's in the paper. Yeah. The default mode network of the brain. Mode. I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The DMN. So the DMN is, is one of these things that we get to learn because of the new MRI scans. The default mode network is this cool part of the brain that happens to pro- it fires when we when we uh, uh, are thinking about the self so it's the center of the ego and when we're thinking about time uh, like worrying about the future or you know fretting about the past the time so for example when you read you're told to read a bunch of adjectives on a screen you read the, the, the part of your brain associated with reading fires up when you're told to think about how those adjectives apply to you, now the default mode network fires up, right? So it's now I'm thinking about me. Uh, and, and so that fires up. What, what we observe is that, that that default mode network, time and ego, is where are the greatest stress response happens. So what we want to do is drop time and ego. We want to be in the moment right? Drop the time. Yep. Present. And we want to be out of the self. So we are, you know, now we're thinking about the community and the world and the team. Uh, Because when we are in that mode, when I'm thinking about the team, I can't worry about the self. I can't, I can't build that, right? When I'm, when I'm uh, in the moment, then the future and the past, you know, like those are the things that are tied up in depression and anxiety. Is anxiety is the ego wrapped in the future. Depression is the ego wrapped in the past, right? That's the default mode network. Go back to the John Wooden. Can, can you say, say that one more time? So anxiety is the ego wrapped in the future. I'm worried about what's coming to me, 
depression is that the ego wrapped in the past. I'm still thinking about what happened to me. I can't change either of them, right? So, you know, it's why the power of now feels so great, right? We are focused on the moment because we drop out the past and the future. And it's, you know, all kinds of spiritual teachings, you know, will will talk about that opportunity. You go back to the wooden pyramid, the John Wooden Pyramid, the pillars on the left and right side of the pyramid, he has, uh, he has patience. And I think on the other side is, is community or it's time. It's, it is patience being in the moment, not worrying about the future and being the, the community, the team, not being about the self. What he has, what he realized is that you got to calm the DMN. You got to calm the default mode network. And because what happens is the cortisol falls, the serotonin rises, good things result, right? Good team or winning results, scores result. Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't it amazing? Then you start thinking about all the amazing um, quotes from the past and how far ahead of their time they really were or where they really are. We just don't understand it. I mean, you can get everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want, you know? And, I mean, there's so many, so many different ones, but it, it just, um, so we, we've got, we've got the default mode network of the brain. Okay. We talked about lowering cortisol with meditation. How do we go about, um, in addition to expressing gratitude, how do we go about raising the other three when we're in the, when we're in the process, we're in the middle of it? Yeah. So, uh, serotonin is, um, you know, is joy. It's, confidence it is um purpose that those feelings of, of good things uh i use a few techniques to focus on my serotonin i journal my moments of joy in a day uh and the journaling technique is is powerful because the brain doesn't um i i say it has no coming and going there's no inbound outbound right so there's no like there's no like it, this happened to me or i'm causing this to happen in the world. It's just the, the chemical level. It's just the, that the DMN is either active or it's calm. So, so journaling joy allows me to, every moment that I journal allows me to experience that joy a little more. So I noticed maybe it's, you know, my daughter started driving, right? Like we drove, we drove up to the mountains to go skiing, put her behind the wheel. That was fantastic. It was great. Um, and of course, I'm thinking about this whole framework while she's doing it, right? Like, I, I need to create, I need a moment with my daughter to create oxytocin in her love, create serotonin in her confidence. So I can't be in criticism mode. I can't be in second guess mode. I can only be in, you're amazing. I love doing this experience with you. Giving her oxytocin means that now she's not in stress mode. She is now in the future looking back and enjoying when she went driving with dad. She can now relive those joyful moments and create oxytocin and serotonin in herself. So journaling is that technique for me. So I can do a couple times a day when it, ha- when it occurs. Um, I can journal like, this made me super happy. This is what I was feeling. This is why. And, and you know, a little paragraph and I keep it in Evernote and I write a little journal of, of my moments of joy. In my, we um, so we do it um, in my team as well. My my company, like, well, we because I've now taken this framework for them. We'll do journaling uh, that way. We'll do um, 
Uh, I'll journal the negative uh, emotions too. So if I have, I do that because I have some triggers of cortisol, things that make me, you know, anxious or uh, or angry or whatever the negative expression is. So I will, when I notice them, I can label them, I can describe it. And in that act of journaling, I can actually decrease the cortisol in the moment. Right, right. So let's, let's talk about this then. Getting outside your comfort zone. Is that, is that an intentional shot to yourself of cortisol by getting outside your, your comfort zone? And then the fact that you're able to move past that and get to the other side of fear, is that all of a sudden a shot of oxytocin? No, not so much oxytocin, maybe dopamine. Or- maybe dopamine. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I would describe it this way. Uh, have you studied flow? Yes. Yeah. So the study flow is a psychology optimal experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, we know that one of the ways we achieve optimal human experience is by pushing ourselves. When we push ourselves past our boundary, past our comfort zone, we're, what we're doing is when we push and we succeed, that's dopamine. When we push and we succeed and then we realize, man, I'm good. That's serotonin, right? Like I'm really good at this. And so, and the other thing, the characteristic in flow, when you are kicking ass at whatever that thing is, that characteristic, one of the main characteristics is you forget about time, right? You time passes, you have no idea. Your DMN is calm. Optimal experience requires the DMN to be calm. You're not thinking about yourself. You're not worried about like, you're just in that moment. You're like, Oh, I'm going to do the next thing. And so you have that your recognition of your skill, your confidence, that's your serotonin, the like, wow, I did it. That's your dopamine. And then, and then uh, you can have a, a flow experience with oxytocin in um, moments with your children, you know, and you're just like, you know, with your family and you're in a space and you're not worried about things. You're not distracted. You're like, you can have that as an oxytocin set as well. So, um, and that's really why that pure joy, pure, contented, that awesome space, serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine are high, cortisol is low, the DMN is calm. That's when we are feeling amazing. Like that is the best human experience. So I'm, I I feel a little bit, well, a little guilty and I'm almost hesitant to bring this up. So is that one of the reasons that you know, we have so many distractions every single day. Is that so, is, is that one of the reasons that we don't get into flow because time is always so prevalent because we're checking so many devices, um, you know, just they're, they're all around us, everything. And plus the social media aspect of it, you know, how significant is that to you to shut those down and put those to the side? I don't want to get sidetracked with it, but I'm just curious as to yeah, what so- you think about that. Absolutely. You know, uh, those, those things are the, the phone and the social media is a, they're highly tuned for dopamine, the little red bubbles, right? The likes in Facebook, you know, you post a witty thing and somebody hits a like on it. That's dopamine. And, and so it's also why it feels lousy when you're stuck there too long, right? You're like, <laughs> yeah. like, that's like, it's a bad car accident is what it is. That's right. It's yeah, like, it's keep a, looking at it. The dopamine cortisol cycle, right? right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. now, now it can do like social media can uh, increase your community connection, right? So it has opportunities for for things like oxytocin, but but it is so highly tuned to to dopamine, and dopamine is fleeting, and 
uh, and in, you know, prone to the crash that we, that like, that's why we, we have to, you know, we have to make sure we take time away. We have to develop the skill for oxytocin, for calming the DMN, for, for increasing serotonin. We have to develop those. We have to work on those as skills because otherwise the, the stimulus around us is all a dopamine cortisol cycle. Right, right. And, and then to jump back, I'm sorry, but to, to what we were just talking about because the outside the comfort zone and you're working with your team in 2019 on what you worked on yourself in 2017 and 18. But in terms of increasing the, the oxytocin, as a collective unit, you think about the great teams and the cultures they have. You think about the military. You think about families that are very close. They go through hell together. They go through things together. They get outside that comfort zone, and collectively, they find a way to make it work. And then at the end of the day, they are closer. They, are, you know, they do have that bond. Absolutely. And in, in funny, one of the things I did... Um, it, and people, when I say this, that react like, you did what? Um, like, I, I communicate love to my team, my employees. And people are like, you can't do that, man. Like, you know, because it feels really weird to think about love, unconditional love, right? Unconditional love. The same way that you think about, I love my kids no matter what, right? Um, and applying that unconditional love to my employees, to my customers, what happens is that I am physiologically, I'm increasing my oxytocin. I'm increasing their oxytocin. I'm making us more robust to stress. I am making us stronger as a unit. Uh, you know, and so we, so one of the things I did, and I didn't tell them, my team, I was doing it. I just started doing it. Like I would do a meet, launch like a team meeting, and I would say things like, um, you know, start the meeting with a serotonin. Um, we do, we're doing great things. Our customers love us. This is a, a great team. Then we can talk about dopamine and cortisol, the things going well and the things not, and the metrics we're hitting and things we're not. And then we close the meeting with, you know, like I love working with you people. You're you're amazing. Right. And, and, you know, you think about the, the love languages, like how we communicate and receive love. Um, so some people are words of affirmation. They want to hear that some people need my time. They're, they're a quality time that feel loved. Some people, some people are gifts people like they're, they're, you know, these ways we communicate. So I have to, um, communicate in the same way I will to my life partner. I have to do that to my employees. Like I have to think about that. And as I do that, the, the magic opens up in the business. Right. And that's, that's what's awesome because here's the thing. We're not talking about touchy-feely stuff. It doesn't mean you're always going to get along. It doesn't mean you're always going to agree. It doesn't mean you're always on the same page. You know, joy doesn't always mean happiness. Joy means you, you have, you articulated an elegant purpose, right? And, and that's, that's where you find your joy and your success is a byproduct of that joy and that love yep. and that happiness, right? Yep. And, and, uh, you know, in business sense, we're like, we're like, you know, I can't give them love. They're underperforming, right? They're like, I can't, you know, I can't reward that. Um, and so we get into a conditional love sense and conditional love is dopamine. 
and it's fine, but it's, you know, when it goes, it's cortisol and now you got nothing, right? So now people are, now your people are like, well, you know, you're like, maybe I should leave. Maybe I need to quit. Maybe, you know, whatever, you know, like it, it's, it's fake, you know, all of those kinds of, uh, those kinds of negative reactions. So it's, it is, I took time to think about and communicate love to the team. And, you know, the, one of the results, and like, frankly, I'm doing it for me, you know, <laughs> because I needed to change the, what was going on inside me. And, and the byproduct was that just, you know, everything else works great. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's great. Now. So let's talk about this then. Uh, you said something earlier about the mind there, you know, doesn't know what's going in, what's going out. You know, we both, I think would agree that the mind does not know the difference between perception and reality. How can you execute visualization? How can you utilize, I should say, visualization to work on your serotonin, work on your dopamine, lower your cortisol? Well, I guess you already do with meditation, excuse me, and raise the level of your oxytocin. How can you implement visualization? Yeah, so um, I have a couple of visualization tools. Um, I did a, you know, a, um, you know, a looking back on 2019 visual, like a write down, um, you know, where and write it in the present and past tense. So now I'm like, you know, I'm looking back. What, how am I feeling at the end of 2019? Looking back on the year, and um, and in that visualization exercise, I wrote about my state of mind, um, about my, you know, my calm confidence, my, you know, uh, enjoyment of the success we have. Um, and I also wrote about, uh, dopamine level things like measurable, you know, uh, things, sales numbers and growth and things like that. Um, and I wrote about my, the experience that my daughter's having and how she's feeling and how I'm giving love to her and my partner. And, my, you know, so, so I did this as a, as an exercise and now you go back and you read it you know, a couple times a week and it generates those feelings, right? It, it's that visualization exercise is a, is a manifestation. I didn't do um, what they call the BHAG, you know, the big hairy audacious goal. I didn't put that in there, right? Um, the BHAG is like a, it's a pure dopamine. And then if it's, if you get on a trajectory where you're not going to hit it, now it's only a negative. So it's a pure positive uh, exercise. I have a, I, I had a session with a, um, a leadership, uh, coach and structure instructor, uh, guy who works with, uh, EO and, uh, YPO, the young presence organization. He's, um, he's a neat guy. You'd like him. He's, um, uh, former NBA player played in the, played for the Warriors in the sixties. And then he was in the Ford white house. So he worked for president Ford in the white house. And then he's gone on to corporate leadership and he does buyouts and he runs big plans. He's on 50 boards and, you know, he's done a bunch of things. Um, and, and he has a morning exercise that he prescribes for everyone. And he calls it 10, 10, 10, 31 minutes. First thing in the morning. Uh, the first thing you do one minute to think about your purpose for the day. For the day, not your overall purpose. For that day. For the day. For the day. Got it. You take 10 minutes. What if you feel like you have 20 purposes, though? Well, I think his point is that, his point is that, like, let's, let's, overriding purpose for the day. Okay. Take 10 minutes for gratitude. Uh, He does then 10 minutes for reading only positive messages. And then 10 minutes for journaling his positive thoughts. So 
And he's landed on this in his, you know, 50 years of unbelievably high level career, Um, you know, building billion dollar companies and, you know, going with Henry Kissinger to China, like crazy stuff like that, right? He's, this is his routine. What he, what he uh, didn't realize was what he was doing. His purpose for the day is, is his serotonin, his gratitude is his oxytocin, right? His uh, positive journaling, his positive reading is probably both of those things. And his journaling is now cementing that. It's letting him relive it. It's letting him visualize visualize it. So he goes into his day in a calm state of confidence and joy and gratefulness. He can knock down anything, right? So it is that 10, 10, 10, that 31 minutes is a, is a visualize. It's, increase the the good chemicals is decrease the bad ones and all of a sudden we can tackle anything in the day it's a really great exercise man that's awesome that is awesome so 10 10 10 i i'm gonna i'm gonna work on because really when i look back on what i do i do a gratitude list every morning a gratitude list excuse me every morning every evening and it's very simple you know three to five things that's it um and if, if things aren't things aren't going real well during the day i will go do like a quick 20 minute gratitude workout because we know that you can't be you know, anxious and ticked off and grat- you know, grateful at the same time. Um, but I like, you know, I like being specific with the 10 minute of journaling because I'm one of those people that when I feel like I have a lot to write, I'll write nothing because I know I'm going to write for 45 minutes and I don't have 45 minutes to do it. <laughs> so it's awful. Okay? Yeah. yeah shame, shame on me. And, and I like, you know, the 10 minutes of reading and reading nothing but positive stuff. Now, as we wind down here, a couple more questions. But before we do that, I really want to get into... Uh, sometimes you lose, sometimes you learn. I always believe that. Um, you know, I don't think losing is failure, um, but you, we're all, you have to fail. You have to fail forward. You have to be able to learn from that. It, by the fact, if you get intentional to learn from and your success, but you learn from failure, you learn from a loss and you, you, you run to the fight and you're intentional about it. How does that affect these levels, these chemical levels, the serotonin, the dopamine, the oxytocin? You know, obviously it's going to reduce the, the, the cortisol level somewhat because you're going to reduce the anxiety because you realize there's a lesson to be had out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so, so that uh, approach is like all of these where we're spending the time, we're taking, we're taking the, the ego out of it, right? If the ego's in it, now you're obsessed with why you lost. The ego's out of it. Now you can be uh, in learning mode, right? So the DMN is calm. The that's when you know the good chemicals can flow. So um, that intentional, that um, uh, that that forward looking, it's all uh, comes from a place of confidence, and that's a serotonin space. Um, uh, Ryan Holiday in his book "Ego Is the Enemy," um, you know, talks about how the 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 amateur is uh, based in passion and the professional is based in purpose. The, the amateur is, um, is like, uh, is, is wrapped in ego. The, the, the professional is wrapped in serotonin. I'm good at this gives let's, let's the professional lets himself, even when you occasionally get shown up, to experience, to enjoy that process. And that's really the motion, the, the shift is out of that initial passion, that dopamine mode, like I need to do this, I'm getting a reward, I'm getting better, um, into that calm satisfaction 
of I'm I'm really good mode, and I and I get satisfaction in improving. And I think at the end of the day, yes, you 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 want to be passionate about what you do. Okay, you never work a day in your life, but I think at the end of the day, it is the purpose that is going to get you through. Um, the grind. And you, you can have passion all day long. We're still going to have days that are a grind. We're still going to have nights that are a grind. We're still going to have a month, months, you know, or quarters that are a grind. And at the end of the day, it's the purpose. You know, that's, and you talk about it collectively as a team, as a unit, it's that singleness of purpose. It's the shared language, the singleness of purpose. And to me, that is, that is so significant. Now, before I ask you the last question, where can folks find out more? Where can our listener find out more about Mike Simonson, about Altos Research? Um, go ahead and fill us in. Yeah, you can, uh, you can find me, Mike Simonson, uh, on the, you know, Altos Research, altosresearch.com. You can connect. Um, you can drop me an email, mike at altosresearch.com. Uh, if you want, I'll send you a link to Ed so that you can have it uh, and then put it in the show notes. Uh, and people can download it and read it. Um, I am very interested if they read it in parts that resonate with them. So, you know, things that, that stick with, with you and that you go, yeah, that made sense to me. Um, so I'm, I, you know, we're, we're growing it. We're adding examples as people come back to me and tell me what's working for them. Uh, so, you know, we keep, we keep building the information for everyone. It's, it's been really a fun process. So everything that Mike just said will be in our show notes. Okay. We'll share all the links. We'll share all the places they can find you on social media. And I want to piggyback on that because I would love to know from the listeners and we've, as our listenership grows, it's been amazing. Um, I would love feedback edit the Molitor group about how you see hacking happiness, a personal journey through the biochemicals of happiness, how you see that directly being aligned and paralleling what we talk about on the Athletics of Business podcast and with our brand, the Athletics of Business, because I believe it's the high, excuse me, well, it is the high, no pun intended, but I believe it's the why behind what we teach and what we preach. I really do. Um, You know, we were talking about this before we started recording. A lot of folks get into what you should be doing, but let's, you know, let's be like my four-year-old son. Why, daddy? You know, why? Why do we do this and why does it work? And I want to, I want to thank you for, for sharing that with us. And I'm going to, I want to leave you with this question. You're, you're, you know, if you were to give one piece of advice to the business professional right now, whether it be an entrepreneur, whether it be a director, a manager, an entry level, uh, an emerging leader, an entry level salesperson, an HR, anything, anything, if you could give them some advice, how to take this goal that you just shared with us and apply it to their world, what's the first step if this is something that's totally new to them? The first step is to realize that this is an internal process. So you can increase your serotonin and oxytocin, even if you haven't yet figured out what your purpose is, or even if you haven't figured out, you know, like really what you're working on, or, you know, you're in a mode where it doesn't feel purposeful, you, you can increase your serotonin and your oxytocin by giving it out by communicating it out and you you get the benefits of that and that's the key right so purpose is one means for uh generating serotonin in our work but there's a lot of ways to do it um and so so it is the one of the big realizations for me is that i can create this by giving it out i don't need to wait for it to happen i don't need to be in the right job i don't need to have i i can give it out and have it generate that joy in me. I love it. I love it. Hey, Mike, I, I can't thank you enough. You you just poured 
just a ton of value laid out. I mean, a lot of, a lot of great stuff uh, for our listener, for me. Uh, I am going to see you sometime here in the next couple of months. I, I really want to get out to to San Francisco and spend some time and, and uh, pick your brain. So uh, be ready for that. But, to but, but thanks again. I really appreciate it, Mike. Awesome, Ed. A lot of fun. A lot of serotonin. A, lot, a ton of serotonin. I feel, I, feel <laughs> it, I feel it right now. All right, man. Take care. That's great. Thank you for listening to The Athletics of Business. Be sure to give us a rating and review so we know how we're doing. For more information about the show, visit theathleticsofbusiness.com. Now, get out there, think, act, and execute at the highest level to unleash your greatness.